the main purpose this is our main overarching theme in this podcast episode is that authentic friendship is dwelling with each other in the fullness of truth and grace john 1 14 says jesus came in the fullness of truth and grace he exemplifies jesus exemplifies true dedicated friendship welcome to the light switch podcast by illuminate student ministry a place for the skeptic, the Bible believer, as well as everyone in between. As you know, our world is often in the dark. Our hope is to flip the switch on topics surrounding biblical engagement, apologetic arguments, spiritual formation, and emotional wellness. We want Jesus Christ to illuminate every aspect of your life so that you can shine the light of Christ in every situation. Hey everyone, my name is Pastor Matthew, and I'm super excited about today's episode uh, discussing the topic of authentic friendship. Community is vitally important to one's spiritual development, and I think that this topic is an extremely important one for us to dialogue, especially in today's culture uh, where we are more divided than we are connected. And so I'm really proud of this particular episode, uh, not just because the topic is important, but because it actually features our guest speaker, who is a former student of mine, Grant Armstrong, who is now a youth pastor, a youth and young adult pastor down in Australia. He is actually working at a church uh, called Toowoomba Wesleyan Methodist Church, and I'm extremely proud of this young man and how he has grown and developed into the spiritual mentor and pastor and now friend of mine. Uh, who is working towards the kingdom in amazing ways in Australia. So I just wanted to take a second and give you uh, a shout out to his podcast. It is T, as in Toowoomba, Wesleyan Methodist Church Multiply. So if you were to type in the initials TWMC Multiply, you'll be able to find that podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can also get it on the church's YouTube channel with the same title, um, and it's also on Anchor. Um, so if you're looking for uh, to hear some of his content out of Australia, uh, feel free to check it out. Again, super proud of him and all that he's doing. And so without further ado, I'll turn it over to Daniel and Grant as they talk about their friendship and how it formed them into the godly men they are. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Dan. And this is Grant Armstrong. If you guys don't know me yet, I am Dan Wetlore. I am the youth resident at Keystone Church, and today I'm here with the discipleship and group pastor at Toowoomba Wesleyan in Australia. Kind of. I'm kind of discipleship. Your position is so like that. It's a small church, so you just kind of. <laughs> what is know, the exact? What's the exact position? I'm a I'm a supply pastor. Oh, a so, supply. What that means, that's for tax purposes. Okay. What that means is that <laughs> I may, um, I do majority of my work in young adults and youth, yeah. specifically leadership development mm-hmm. with working on a bit of theology and also uh, jump in here and there and like everything else, whether it be like I'm going to jump on the worship team soon or teaching Sunday classes or it's a small church. So you're doing like the so. triathlon. Of so what it, I mean, it's a small church, you know, so you got a hundred people in the church. <laughs> 
you you got, got only so many people who can sing, and if you're just okay like I am, then they gonna put you up there. Hey man, Hillsong better watch. <laughs> yeah, I'm up next, Hillsong. You be careful. <laughs> Well, today, uh, Grant and I are here to talk about our topic is going to be on authentic friendship. And man, like how long have uh, me and Grant have been friends ever since me and him showed up to birth. I Will. Whoa. We've that, been friends since birth. I, I did not meet you until I was. <laughs> you just don't know it. Okay. That's it's a little weird, but that's the yeah. case. <laughs> hey, day one. I know I've been your friend. <laughs> we actually are twins. Came out the womb. Gripping my heel. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. That's a biblical reference, by the way. I but would be the hairy one. I'd be Esau. Okay, we gotta. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Oh, okay. you lead it. I'll, I'll stop. So, taking oh, this off so this man, man, what a great way to start. Anyway, so Grant and I have been friends for the last five years. Me and him um, met when we got to Iwu and. Yeah, we're just here to talk about our friendship, the ways that we've seen, yeah, just two guys that have kind of lived out and been like Jesus, but also within our friendship towards one another. And I guess we'll just start with kind of like how we met. So, Grant, how did we meet? I think we were playing volleyball, right? Yes. In the student center? Yes. Uh, it was like the first week of university. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, college. I got to get back to the States. And we were in college. It's been four months, man. Like, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Listen, mate. <laughs> I reckon we met about, uh, uh, we met worst. playing volleyball. Mm-hmm. I forget how we bonded. It was something along the lines of like, we both enjoyed football or something like no, that. No, we both wanted to be teachers at one point. Oh, is that what it was? Like we both said like we were ministry I was way majors. If you were so <laughs> you said football. All I remember is uh my friend Adriana, she came up to me and she was like, I just met this dude, um, and I think you would be really good friends with him and I was like, Okay, I was playing dodgeball in the other room and she was like, You should come over to volleyball So I was like, All right And then she introduces me to a big old fella, uh, over here at Grant and just tapped him up and asked him what major he was and he was like yeah, I'm a ministry, Christian ministry major. It's like, oh, I'm a Christian ministry major. And I'll, and we just got into a small talk conversation, and we both somehow got to the point where we d- knew that each other also wanted to be teachers for a little bit, and then we bonded over that. And um, then we played volleyball. And Dan was a, a small six foot 160, but now five years later is a six foot 200. <laughs> Sorry, ladies, he's taken. That is not fat that he put on. <laughs> you and Grant used to be. Wait. <laughs> six foot four, 220 machine. And now he's. No, when I came into un- ugh, college, when I came into college, I was probably about 195. Mm-hmm. I'm 220 now. Not all of that is muscle. <laughs> But I say about seventy percent is seventy <laughs> percent. I got a little more muffin top, but I definitely bench more. <laughs> definitely not a decline, apparently. Well, I one time dropped a bar on my neck while Dan was spotting me, which means he's a bad spotter. <laughs> Spiritual friendship is what we're talking about today. Speaking of that, <laughs> oh my gosh! So yeah, so me and Grant have had this friendship for about five years and let me tell you like it's been a it's been a crazy five years it's almost felt like it really does has felt like we've been friends 
our whole life with everything we've experienced. And I think another dynamic we want to talk about is that me and him did not really kind of come into a friendship being compatible friends in a sense. Like we both shared this love for ministry, but I was this, I was more focused on just emotional awareness, um, really into the spiritual aspects of our faith. Um, and you can correct me. Are you trying to say I wasn't into the spiritual aspects of our faith? I mean, bro, you were pretty, like, apprehensive to a lot of that stuff freshman year. That's fair. <laughs> you were... To be fair, I was really only following Jesus, like, passionately for yeah. a year at that point. So it was like, <laughs> yeah, there's, like, sitting in silence. <laughs> that's what you no, thank you. <laughs> you used to be like, you used to be like, yeah, man, you got to pray for healing. You're like, that doesn't even work. I'm like, what do you mean? What is this? Yeah. And you were like, prove it to me. And I was like, I can't just. <laughs> yeah, then heal somebody. Yep. Nope. Nope. It is. And then a few months later, it happened. But that's that's that another story. That's yeah. another story. But but he was definitely more focused on, I would say, the actual evidence of Jesus's existence and like mm. actually having proof to our faith. And honestly, like I would press him when it would come to like the emotional stuff and all that. And then he would press me when it came to like, but what's your evidence behind that, Dan? And we kind of just honestly like butted heads on a lot of different topics when we first um, met each other and all that. I mean, what was your perspective based off of that, those early times in our friendship? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I came in to, you uni- mm. I came into college. I'll sort of stop correcting just myself. Start, just start doing college. Uh, when I came to college, I was a lot more resilient reserved in my emotional capacity and my knowledge on how to feel and uh you know like classic male toxic stuff Mm -hmm. you know like ah emotions are weakness and Mm -hmm. i'm uncomfortable with that and uh and i was really more concerned with like a zealous pursuit to know that jesus is reliable um factually because i hadn't Mm -hmm. seen a lot of those spiritual craziness in my life at that time mm-hmm. uh which i now i'm a lot more familiar with as you yeah. stick walking with jesus yeah. um so yeah i think yeah. our relationship was mm-hmm. i don't know if not compatible is the right word but mm-hmm. there is clear uh differences in mm-hmm. value systems when we were and there still is i think when we're but less mm-hmm. so that are more of a buffer yeah yeah i just think of when especially this kind of like happen especially like at our university um when people start making their friendships like the whole non-compatible thing was like on paper like i mean we liked sports we were athletic but when it came to like serious topics a lot of people just kind of like give up on their friends when they disagree with each other on their values and stuff and they don't kind of like work through those things and i think that was something interesting about us honestly i feel like you know that really just brought us closer together um just because we were at the time just, you know, I don't think we ever hated each other leaving those conversations or yeah, we just, it was just more so like, I think it was honestly just liked, I think both of us, I think I could say this, this is just coming to mind that I think both of us realized we needed to have conversations with each other about it. And we would leave being our, our minds would be compelled by what we were talking about. And it was almost like this hunger of like, Oh, this dude's actually like, iron sharpening iron like i feel sharpened when i leave these conversations 
And that's like I want to add on to what you're saying there. People either will give up on their friends mm. or they'll maintain a shallow level friendship. So mm. it's like, oh, well, that was uncomfortable because there is conflict within that issue, whether mm. it be as we're talking about uh, some of our theological understanding mm. or it will be like. Uh, how you view relationships or mm-hmm. what, like, I don't know, uh, how you should care for a friend emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like, these are all just different values, right? Yeah. So if one friend is more comfortable with, like, providing one's needs and the other mm-hmm. isn't or these different things, then it's um, like a I'll keep that person at arm's length uh, where I think the difference within our friendship that really grew us together was understanding that, I think we never shied away from a difficult conversation. Mm. That's what made it. uh, That's what made it fruitful was like, you know what? We're not uncomfortable with going to uncomfortable places and figuring out what's next, Mm -hmm. you know, which is a helpful principle in all relationship period. The main purpose, this is our main overarching theme in this podcast episode, is that authentic friendship is dwelling with each other in the fullness of truth and grace. John 1.14 says, Jesus came in the fullness of truth and grace. He exemplifies, Jesus exemplifies true, dedicated friendship. That when we look at how, what does it mean to be a good friend? It means to exemplify in the fullness to a friend, truth and grace. And that's going to go right into this topic is that truth and grace and friendship equals going through the hard times together and working through the conflicts we face in life. One thing that we can easily see, and we'll start with this, we'll talk about having conflict with each other. But first with this is that you're going to go through hard times at different periods in your friendship. Like one friend might be going through a good time, but other might be going through a hard time or you both might be going through a hard time at the same time. But Galatians 6, 2 says, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So, me and Grant have had plenty of times where we've experienced individually these burdens and have needed to help one another and kind of carry these burdens with one another. And honestly, dude, um, when I was thinking through this episode, I was thinking about that one time period. If you want to, I want you to kind of like share about it, but when you were really going through it that one summer and into the school year and just Mm -hmm. talk about that. Yeah, that was at the height of COVID Mm -hmm. and, um, you was like, uh, like my whole family has struggled with different mental illnesses, whatever Mm -hmm. it be. Like, it's just the reality of Mm -hmm. the fallen world that we live in and my family's disposition to that fallenness. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're, um, so I just had anxiety heightened. Like I had never experienced before Mm -hmm. to the point where I probably lost 10 or 15 pounds. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, um, like there's nights where I couldn't sleep. Um, yeah, just like really intense manifestations of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And it's painful and difficult and frustrating. Mm-hmm. And um, in all of that, there was a clear, there's a clear pain and like misunderstand. There, the most painful situation of that was I couldn't figure out how to make myself better. Mm-hmm. And I so desperately wanted to. Yeah. And when you're in a place like that, you don't know what is going to help. Um, 
you're just hoping something's going to remedy it to some mm-hmm. degree and you'll search for that. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of how I saw spiritual friendship as since we're talking about that in these lines and it gets to a more theological mm-hmm. and then it comes to an understanding is that Christ made the church to be one body completely mm-hmm. unified and that's his yeah. desire for it off of who God is in the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He's a trinity, right? He works with one another. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think our culture today needs to hear so deeply that spiritual friendship is a reality because we're walking through issues. This is a little side note, like issues of yeah. sexuality, mm-hmm. issues of LGBTQ, um, uh, racial reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Like those are just hot topics that were very prevalent today. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the hurt is because we haven't developed what a spiritual friend is. Yeah. So when I was at the height of my mental, uh, like mental hangups and um, com- uh, anxious thoughts and um, I don't know, ha- heightened mental illness, mm-hmm. it was really, um, <clears throat> it was really beneficial to realize why God made the body of believers to care for mm-hmm. one another. And it went deeper than, me and Eden's relationship, caring for one another, I went into a friend that I could carry burdens with. Mm-hmm. And like you were that yeah. for a lot of it would just like coming and having little processes, mm-hmm. process processing sessions yeah, and like honestly. some, some part-time counseling. <laughs> <laughs> I would be curious Bro. to hear your thought process as you reflect on that time as well. And like, uh, when your friend has a little bit mm-hmm. of a, a need on you and like you can't fix that but you care about them i just be yeah 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 dude it was he was going through it everybody let me tell you man like (laughs) we made that clear dan (laughs) i mean like he was bad (laughs) i mean a liter of coconut (laughs) he never shaved his face (laughs) bro that was everybody during quarantine man there was some always looking homeless out there man that is but also side note eden he explained eden's his wife by the way um his awesome wife she's an incredible person um she is also a good friend of mine and but man that time dude i want to just explain this to people is that just because god has put someone put you in someone's life that's struggling does not mean God put you in their life to fix them. Um, and that's tough, man. That's heat. That's a good God, word. God really sometimes puts you in their life just to remind them that God's going to be the one that's going to heal them, that God's going to be the one that's going to be faithful to them. Mm. And that was tough because it was literally me looking at my brother, seeing him struggle like I've never seen him struggle before. And I felt so limited. But what it taught me was, do I trust God enough? To help my friends Hmm. do i trust the truth because honestly dude it was it's easy like we're both working with youth it's easy when you know you're looking at a youth student like they ask you something you share with them the scripture and you're pouring out to them and you're like this is what i'm supposed to do but when you're with a friend something you're a deep there's something a part of you that you're just kind of and this isn't us saying like that like we don't feel connected and i'm sure there's students that we see out there that were like man i wish i could do more but it's almost like when you have such a deeper relationship with somebody, there's this desire in us to fix their problems for them. But as I got into a deeper relationship, I believe that God was actually calling me to hand grant over to him more that he was actually saying, Daniel, like you should know if you love grant so much, you should know that I am the only person that can help him in this. And you should be pointing him to that 
And you know what that causes? It said, what if – I remember in that season, it was like sitting there. What if your only purpose for Grant right now is to just help carry this burden for him so that he doesn't have to carry too much in the, why he's going through this? And this doesn't mean take on everything because we had also Riley. Shout out to Riley, another kind of like faithful friend, and we'll talk about him throughout this podcast. But there was this night where Grant was really down bad and we just it was literally just sitting there in the we don't know what to do except just pray and grant started crying um and then riley started crying and then i started crying and it was this moment of like we all just were burdened together like we really were suffering together and well yeah. the, th- the thing in that as well is i actually riley cried first actually oh yeah and that's, that's right. what made this really powerful is the idea that the church, God put the church as a new family on earth. Mm-hmm. And that's when you go from, uh, like Christians, go from this is a neighbor to like mm-hmm. this is my brother or sister, like if you're a fellow Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's where I really feel like you and Riley were such a blessing, and I hope I've done in return, mm-hmm. is embodying brothership. Yeah. And like, becoming a family Mm -hmm. and there was like when you're in a heightened if anybody else has experienced like heightened seasons of um, mental turmoil you would understand that like those are very confusing times because you're suffering and you're like asking the prayer of Jesus on the cross like why have you forsaken me Mm -hmm. like am I not am I not following you and giving you my everything God and and why is my mental so mm-hmm. hard? It's not my like physical where I could do something, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, it's hard to begin to heal, and see where God is working in mental um, struggles, mm-hmm. and that was so beautiful. Is because when I was at my weakest, I needed to rely on my brothers, mm-hmm. and that moment was so pivotal because it was looking at Riley, and almost seeing like actually the the face of Jesus, like yeah. through Riley. <sighs> As like, I couldn't find God, but there he is in my friend, like yeah. crying for me. Mm-hmm. Like that has to be Jesus crying for me, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that I don't like Riley's not like the most emotional guy. Yeah, he's not. But like something came over him and I think it was God and he just wept like, yeah. and that just made me start weeping and Dan. And it was just this like, oh, when I couldn't see God, it was through my brother and my friend who mm-hmm. cried for me. Like, yeah that that's the face of Jesus right there mm-hmm. when I couldn't find it. And that's yeah. what made it so powerful. Yeah, dude, it was such an incredible night. And there was so much that, and you know, what's crazy is that like after that, like Grant still went through that season for like a little bit while after that. And obviously now he's come out of it. And it's this beautiful thing of like, when you, I'd never seen when he, like he started saying, like when he started coming out of that, the joy it brought me and Riley was like, it, it literally does feel like, like, there's a passage in scripture, I believe in Galatians. Um, I don't know why I didn't bring it up, but um, it uh, it says about we suffer together as believers and then we are then comforted together. And it was like you could feel as Grant was being comforted. Like I felt that. Like I felt it was getting better for him. And just to, just to point this out, a lot of people – and this is kind of the ending point to like this story is that when you when you are like going through hard times together as a faithful friend, as like a authentic friend, don't come into the fr- that situation trying to fix them. Um, but go into that situation 
to suffer with them, to aid them in their suffering, and to speak to them truth in the hope that they will come out of this. But you're going to be there for as long as it takes. And that's real friendship. It's not trying to just fix everything as soon as it happens, but saying, hey, we're going to do this together. We're going to suffer together. And I'm going to be here and I'm going to share with you what are the things that can help you? What are the truths? Like, who is Jesus in this? I'm going to cry for you and I'm going to celebrate you. That's what people really need is someone to know that I'm going to go through this together with somebody. Um, mm. And that's powerful. Yeah, that is, that's so good, dude. Mm-hmm. And what's, I think, so powerful about that, mm-hmm. I was I just bought a book. Uh, by Mother Teresa. I was at a bookshop in Australia and yeah. it was for a dollar. And I was like, oh, and it's the thoughts and prayers of Mother Teresa throughout her mm-hmm. life. So I just finished it super short, like 50 pages. And she repeatedly said this one thing that was really standing out to me, mm-hmm. stood out to me, was that she would go care for people, like mm-hmm. the homeless people in very desperate situations, suffering, right? Mm-hmm. And she said, there is still a greater suffering out there than hunger and Mm -hmm. uh, famine and all these different things, right? Or a disease or Mm -hmm. the greatest suffering is that you would uh, fall into all of these things or be oppressed by all these things Mm -hmm. and have nobody next to you. Like loneliness is rather the the greatest, Mm -hmm. um, the greatest pain that one can experience and hurt. And that's Mm -hmm. what I think is so powerful as a Christian friend is like, what you said there was hitting on God's heart when it continually says like throughout the Psalms, it appeals to God's steadfast love, Mm. his covenantal faithfulness, his willingness to say, you know what, no matter what happens here, I'll be with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's us getting to resemble that as a friend is like, Hey, no matter what now, because you know, Christ, like you won't be alone. And Mm -hmm. that that's my gift is friendship. Like you said, You can only do that when you get past the mentality of I have to fix you. And when I get past that, yeah. it gets to, ah, I don't I can't fix you, but I can be with you. And that's the greatest comfort I can give you. Come on. There's suffering together and then there's having conflict with one another. And I wouldn't say that me and Grant have a lot of have had a lot of conflict conflict with one another. Anytime we've had conflict, it's it's kind of funny how we've argued. I'm it's not pretty lie. much just on the basketball court, and I throw an elbow a little too hard. And he says, "You don't have to do that." <laughs> and I gotta humble myself and be like, "I'm too aggressive." <laughs> and then he's just like, "Well, you've been boxing me out this whole game, and you've been pushing me, and you just..." Been, and I'm like, "Well, I have to. I'm like four inches shorter than you." <laughs> There was a time period in my life where I didn't beat Grant one-on-one my whole first Three years. Three years. It was three years. <laughs> it was a tough time. It was. A, there was hundreds of games played. Hundreds of games played. And he beat me in my own driveway for the first time. Like a and dog. that was painful. <laughs> Four back-to-back threes, baby. This has nothing to do <laughs> with this podcast. <laughs> I'm just trying to say. Anyway. Um, but... We've had like these conflicts and there's been moments, though, where we've had to forgive each other. And the story that I wanted to bring up with this is that there was a time where I wasn't being intentional with our friendship. Uh, I just gone through a breakup 
and uh, with somebody that was on my campus and it was just really hard being on campus and I was with a group of friends that would often go we went to a school in Indiana Indiana Wesleyan University and we would often go to Michigan most weekends and I it honestly was just like I just wanted to get off of campus like I just you know it was a it was a really hard time in my life at that point and I just I just wanted to get off of campus and I was hanging around these like these were great guys too. Some of them are like our great friends and everything. But what that caused is that I wasn't being really intentional with Grant and I's friendship. And me and him, Grant like met with me for coffee the one time when we were talking and Grant just looked at me and he was just like, did I do something wrong? And I was like, oh, what? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm just gonna be honest with you, dude. Like just haven't felt like you've wanted to hang out with me. Like we just... We haven't really talked in the last few weeks. And, like, anytime we've all asked to hang out, like, you just, like, haven't texted back. And, dude, like, it crushed me. Like, I remember when you said that to me. I was so crushed because I loved, like, Grant as a friend so much. And I just, it was so much like I was, like, in my own lane and I was in my own tunnel vision that I forgot that, like, man, like, these are the ones that have been there for me. And I was just being unintentional with them. And I just kind of told him, like, dude, I'm so sorry. And I just kind of explained to him, like, why it was happening, that it was nothing against him. And, like, and I just explained that he was sorry. And, you know, you forgave me right there. But that, like, and some be like, well, that's not really a conflict. But the thing is, like, that was a conflict. That was a tension that was felt. That was a hurt that was happening. And Grant, Grant was honest with me about how he felt. And I think what that shows is and I'm gonna ask you about your perspective on that in a second but man how much friendship is so much more beautiful when you don't hide away from the tensions but you're just honest with one another because if you had let that just sit you could have just blown up with me or you'd been like you know what I'm just not gonna text Dan to hang out anymore forget that dude and then I would have been hurt because I would have been like bro Grant doesn't even want to hang out with me anymore and it's just this pettiness but because you were just upfront, like hey dude like I was like oh and then I was way more intentional and we had a great, I, I've never felt that tension ever again in our friendship. And that was just, and Grant also showed me grace, like we're saying here, but he also gave me the truth of what was going on and I needed to hear it. So, Right. And my side there wasn't like a, it wasn't, I don't know why I feel like I have to press that. Maybe I'm insecure about my honesty, which isn't like, it's a good thing. I should be proud of that, like emotional vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like a needy, like, hey, Dan, why aren't you, <laughs> why aren't you hanging out with me? That's how, yeah, that's not how he said it. That was but nice. it's like a, he made me buy his coffee too. I'm just kidding. Did I really? <laughs> I did buy your coffee. Oh, but like, <laughs> that's <laughs> that funny. white mocha. That would be something I would joke about. <laughs> Dan, you owe me a coffee now for being a bum. <laughs> no, um, that is not Christian community. That is not. <laughs> you give freely. <laughs> you should give freely, Dan. Coffees to your friends. Um. There it is. Manipulate the scriptures. Um, Man, I think the biggest thing on that as well from, like, my side was just realizing that we want to, like, as a spiritual friend, you want to model Jesus Mm -hmm. properly. Like, as a Christian, period, you want to just embody who Jesus is. And in order to do that, you have to you can't cover up mm. what you're feeling 
Mm-hmm. And you can't run away from conflict. Yeah. Because if you like either lie about how you're feeling, like if I just lied to Dan, I was like, it's fine. Or I decided to just move on. Neither of them w- wouldn't actually be me. Yeah. Like that would be whatever I want you to see. Mm-hmm. But that's not me. And if you continually live that way, then like, who are you? Yeah. Like you'll, you'll just be lost. Uh-huh. So first, like to emulate Jesus and be a good friend. It's like, Hey, like in order to care for Dan properly, I wasn't like focused in that moment by the spirit's grace. I wasn't focused on my needs. It wasn't like, Hey Dan, I need you to need you around mm-hmm. because I need you to be a good friend to me. It was like, Hey, in order to look like Jesus here and give freely, I think Jesus would ask Dan, like, hey, what's the reason you've been distancing yourself? Mm, Because I don't want to assume and make an assumption in my mind that Dan is doing this because of whatever insecurity that I already have. Mm -hmm. But rather be like, man, maybe Dan's struggling. And if I can assist him in this season in any Uh way he needs, um, then I would I want to do that. Mm -hmm. So I came down. I was like, listen, Dan, like you haven't been around. It's not that like I need you here. It's that like. I miss your company mm-hmm. and I want to make sure that you're okay. Like where w- did I do something that caused this distance? Cause if yeah. so, let me make it right. I don't want there to be tension yeah. and that's seeking the good in the individual mm-hmm. and having grace in that, but also deeply desiring the truth in the situation, right? Like yeah. grace and truth together, like mm-hmm. aren't it's grace mm-hmm. to ask the truth yeah. and it's the truth to speak in grace because the father always speaks with love and grace. Mm -hmm. So that's the most truth, true expression of truth is graceful Mm -hmm. truth. That was kind of a complex sentence, but if you understood it, I hope you, I hope you you understood it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's so real. And I think just to kind of finish up on that is that it's funny how, when you equally express what you're noticing and like how someone's treating you, but you express it in a way of concern instead of condemnation or in expressing it in a way of shame or expressing it even in a way of like, um, you did this bad. So say sorry to me. (laughs) It's genuinely like, no, like this isn't you. Can you, uh, can you explain to me? Like I'm concerned about you. And even in that, that's where I said, sorry to you. Cause I, because of that concern for me, I realized what I was doing. And it didn't feel like, oh, Grant's coming at me, trying to make me feel bad. I just saw this guy that was just really concerned for me. And that made me feel loved. And that's why I was so quick to, yo, I'm sorry, bro. And I think really that that moves into this next topic about truth and grace and friendship equals holding each other accountable. You want to talk about tough conversations, like really having like, hard conversations it's when you have to hold one another accountable galatians 6 1 through 2 says brothers and sisters if someone is caught in a sin you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently but watch yourself or you also may be tempted and the watch yourself may be tempted is actually there's times where people think holding each other accountable bro is just like this is the sin you did bad you need to confess it and all that stuff and I'm saying this because I'm a better Christian than you in a (laughs) sense. Like, oh, like I'm going to call this person out and it's going to make me feel better about myself. But no, it's actually no, no, no. Like that's why it's saying watch yourself or you're also going to be tempted into falling into other sin. But you who live by the spirit will restore the person gently. No, it's coming out of 
like we just talked about, that concern of, hey, man, like I've been seeing you've been doing these things or you're saying that you're doing these things. And that's really concerning to me. And that's not in line with the character of Jesus. And if we're truly honest, if it's not in the lyric line of the authentic character of Jesus, it's not you. Like, really, like that's not meant to be in you if that's how it is. And one of the greatest examples for this is that me, Grant, and a couple of other fellas, um, we all started an accountability group because we all shared a certain sin that we were really uh, falling to constantly, and that was pornography. Um, we started a porn accountability group, and now the group has actually turned into just like accountability in general, but it was just back then that's what it started with because it was all something we were really going through. And man, you want to talk about a process of learning how to hold one another accountable? Like we went through every stage. There was times where we didn't do it well. And I think right now we're at the best we've ever been in a sense, like doing it on what we talk about and all that. But kind of going back to those stages, bro, like what do you think really was like our truth and grace in our friendship through accountability? Like what did you see within that? Well, I think the reality that Jesus offers is that he wants to make you new creation. Mm, he yeah. noticed that I didn't say a new creation. I said he wants to make you new creation. Yeah. Like a new creation. It, that's that that's the most broad sense. Mm. Like it's not it is you personally, mm-hmm. but it's everybody around you. Yeah. He wants to make a new creation. Every thought and emotion and everything, right? Mm-hmm. So that leads into the point that I'm about to say and how accountability gets into that truth and grace. Accountability in this fallen world, in, in the sinful, marred world that we live in, mm-hmm. is one of the most purest forms of love that you can offer somebody in asking them. Like accountability maybe even shouldn't be called accountability because it's got a negative connotation. Maybe think of it as encouragement. Or you're an inviter into a new new reality that you're supposed mm-hmm. to be living in. So when I fall into this reality, whether it be the sin of masturbation and pornography that we were struggling with as young men, new in I guess you weren't new in the faith. I was new in the faith. I mean, I've everybody been out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, as we were struggling, uh, I don't know. I also want to say in that it's not like being new in the faith discount or old in the faith discounts you from that sin and temptation if you're struggling with it because we were both he was fresh off the the block was with his faith and i was christian since i was seven but both in i would say deeply into that like in the sense of like that sin both suffering into it and it was a real problem so it doesn't matter you know if you're falling to that sin like the devil will get his foothold right on so and so the whole point is that what i'm saying is I need Dan and Dan needs me and who mm-hmm. I need every other Christian to help encourage me and invite me to be like Christ. Yep. And when I forget about that because I'm by myself, the most dangerous Christian is the lonely Christian. Yeah. Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes that in Life Together so perfectly. And he talks about the man who can't be alone or the man who can't be in community author uh, offers nothing to either. Like the idea is that you need Man. one another in order to actually be Christian. And I need you because I'm, I'm, I am not good enough by myself to work for whatever Christ is offering me. Yeah. I need a reminder of that. Yeah. I mean, that's just straight up Ecclesiastes four, nine through 12, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either one of them falls down, one can help the other up. 
but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Boom. Boom. Just right there. <laughs> pity yourself. Um, like, literally, like, pity anyone who falls down as no one to help them up. Like, that's so real is that we often see falling into sin as something like, and honestly, like, the church, I know for a fact, like, kind of in the West has done this thing where people have been scared to confess their sins because they're afraid they're going to condemn. They're afraid they're going to get like, in a sense, judged by like in a very like you're a, like you're a sinner. You need to like repent. Like there's no redemption. There's more. We talk about this all the time, but more sin uh, management to like, confess your sin. Hey, that's too bad, man. Pat each other on the back. Better luck next time. And then you just meet again and you confess what you did next week. But that's not real accountability. That's not real encouragement. Man, you want to talk about real encouragement. It's when I'm sitting there and I'm talking to Grant and all of them. And I had like fallen into pornography like three days in a row. And that was like the first time I did that in a long time. And I was super sad. And they could have easily just sat there and be like, that's too bad, Dan. Like, we'll pray for you. But then Grant looked at me right in the face and said, why did you do it? Like really like in a concerned way, like why did you do it? And I it's totally just because I just honestly like I just wanted to feel I was feeling lonely. I was feeling stressed and I knew it would just be easy. And then the guys together collectively, we all spoke into that about wow, that may have been easy. It was harmful to me. And they asked me, how did you feel afterwards? And I was like even more empty. And I was like, dang, it really doesn't fill you at all. It just makes you feel empty. And then that actually began the journey to where like I started really being broken free of that sin. And it all just happened because they didn't just, they actually pushed me to understand why I was doing what I was doing. There was real concern, real accountability is real concern and real encouragement. Like you genuinely want to see this person overcome what they're going through and you see them fall. And I love this picture of when someone falls I think the way we've seen accountability is you'll get fallen. People will just point at you and say, look, you fell. But accountability is, oh, my gosh, you fell. And you like run out and you put your hand out and you're like, hey, take my hand. And any Christian that swipes away that hand and says, I can get up myself, you'll be back down real soon. Because that's the thing that's also is that people will help pick us up and help carry us and help almost teach. Some people teach us how to walk again together like accountability um, the only way accountability works is if you're willing to be held accountable as well, right? Yeah. This is a two-way street. So you can be in an accountability group and lie and or cover up and only tell half-truths of your sin, whether it be gossip or mm. lust or greed or um, like not not seeking the Lord in situations. Lying. Uh, yeah, yeah, all of those things, yeah. right? And you're doing, you're wasting everybody's time like, bluntly yeah like that's that's not gonna make anybody better no so this is like what that image of falling down dude is mm-hmm. what i just like just like blew my mind as you were saying it and you said that so well is like imagine that image what happens when you're walking with somebody and you fall down you are prostrate prostrate on the ground mm-hmm. you're completely humbled right like the embarrassment the maybe the shame, mm-hmm. uh, the nervousness, all these it's things that come though. into falling down mm-hmm. in front of people, right? Yeah. And this is the realization. You have two options when you're on the ground. Pick yourself up 
you know, and like by yourself, like when somebody, you, when somebody sees you fall and they offer their hand to help you up and you're like, no, no, I don't need it. And you get up and you just keep moving yeah. like nothing happened. Right. That, that's not the image that Christ is offering you. What he's mm-hmm. offering you is that you fall down humbled. Right. And the person who's holding you accountable looks at you and is like, oh, dude, first there's compassion. Wow, mm-hmm. that sucks. Um, it helps them move past their embarrassment, right? Like somebody who fell down, it's like, yeah. oh, wow, I'm embarrassed. And you have the opportunity as your accountability partner to be like, listen, man, we all fall down in places. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to be embarrassed. Like there's yeah. no reason to be shamed, right? Like can I help you get back up and can we keep walking this direction? Mm-hmm. And then you help care for all the wounds, but at the same time you are caring for their wounds, Come on. you are also leading them towards truth or leading them back to the path that they're walking mm-hmm. on and helping them keep moving. So it's mm-hmm. the grace and the love of, wow, I empathize for you because falling down and sinning sucks, period. Yeah. But I also care for you enough to say it's not worth staying on the ground. You have Come to on. go somewhere. Yeah. You yeah. have to be, you like, it's not a Christian option to be stagnant. Mm-hmm. And like not keep moving. Yeah. That's not what Christ is offering you. If you want that, you can go back to the world, but like that's not what Christ wants. And it's yeah. not better for you in the end. Come so on. it's like accountability is helping walk somebody through repentance again. Yes. Like you need to recognize the severity of you, your sin, right? And feel that it sucked. Mm. You also have to recognize the hope in your sin like in you as accountability bring that like you bring hey this is more severe than you probably think it is and there's more hope than you probably think that just moves directly into like the final thing we want to talk about today and that's truth and grace and friendship equals encouragement encouragement is needed um man uh first uh, thessalonians five eleven says therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing the one thing i want to talk about with you is that often this is i think this is a struggle for everybody but specifically with guys this is just from personal experience i don't got like statistics for you all right here but a lot of guys have struggle complimenting one another and encouraging one another it's more like you encourage each other in sports in the sense like, get back out there, man. You a dog. Like, you a dog. Yeah, it, like, if there is encouragement, it's never deep enough to touch somebody's soul. No. It's always like, you know, like guys make those jokes. At least my buddy is like, mm-hmm. hey, you look good in that outfit, my man. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. But it never is at the intentional core of somebody. Yeah. It's always joking. Yeah. And it's like it, either when you're like getting like hyped up or something, but real like encouragement in the sense of like, man, like you are genuinely – like you're a person that genuinely like um, makes me better. Like saying that to a guy friend or bro, you genuinely challenge me in this way or dude, like you're such a caring person. Like I've just been seeing this recently about you. And um, I just want to talk into that about how um, encouragement, you know, I think the reason that friends don't encourage each other is one, they're jealous of their friends. They're jealous of what they see in them that they might not be good at. Don't go there, Dan. <laughs> Don't do it. To, somebody is feeling a little bit of guilt right now. <laughs> or should I say conviction? Conviction. Envy. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, people like are feeling like this envy towards this person. Like, man, why are they getting that? Or 
they feel like they're seeing somebody really like God's using them in mighty ways. And like, man, why is God using, why isn't God using me in that way? Why isn't God bringing me out of this hard season? Why isn't God doing that? Or man, like, why are they doing so well at like this part of school? And I like, I'm not, uh, in another sense, like, I think that people that do not uplift one another is because of those conflicts in their life that they haven't solved. Like they choose, I'll say this, if you don't solve your conflict, you will never see the good in your friends because you'll just see them by the bad that they're doing to you. And that will cause this tension between you. So encouragement's actually really needed for you to be able to be like, man, like I'm acknowledging the goodness in this person. And I see that how good they are and how awesome they are. And it brings you closer. And also in the same way, when you encourage somebody, it lets them know, oh, this person actually sees me. They actually know me. They're actually noticing these things about you. So my always my always practical advice for that is if you, if something comes to mind like, man, I really love this about like like Grant or like like for me, like one of the things is like I for Grant, like I love this dude's zeal for um this this guy's zeal for actually talking about things that people don't like talking about like he really has this zeal about like we have to notice these things that people are just pushing to the side and he'll bring up topics that i've never thought of to be like oh yeah that is kind of messed up or i just don't think about and it challenges me to be like man i should think about this more and everything i could look at that and be like man grant's just being grant um but it's not that's not good and i encourage him with that and i say that to him like thank you for bringing up these conversations and it's provided more fruitful conversations. And it's also been like, just almost like telling someone like, oh man, like they actually noticed me in that way. And yeah. Fair enough. No, I appreciate that, my man. Thank you. And you always get those hot topics. <laughs> I like making people uncomfortable. I just feel like, dang man. I just, because if you don't talk yeah. about it, you're not going to go nowhere. It's yeah, my, yeah. it's my Enneagram wing eight that comes out. <laughs> so I, back to the Enneagram. I'm married to an eight. So <laughs> it's my better half. Yeah, I think at first, Dan, you got a real eye for beauty as well. That's something I appreciate appreciate yeah. about you. You're able to see creative outlooks, and that that challenges me. You're the one who got me into poetry. Like I wouldn't be as expressive and able to articulate myself so well if it wasn't for you. You mm -hmm. taught me how to like not only say things like, um, "Oh wow, that's cool," but to express it in a very unique way that actually touches individuals. Oh, you you do I that really well. That. What what I would say in that as well is that. That's another image in which you like, I feel like a lot of people are afraid of encouragement because they're not willing to go there for themselves sometimes. Like I, mm. that was my issue is I didn't want to encourage Dan because like I hard, I, I was so uncomfortable with positive, like caring for somebody in that way because I was I was uncomfortable for caring for Dan in that way mm. because I was uncomfortable with caring for myself in that way. Mm. Um, wow. And like that's the reality is like if you're unhealthy in that way, you're just not going to be able to encourage people. Mm, and the yeah. thing is, I mean, that's like insecurity, that's shame, that's pride. All of those are basically the same thing, kind of. Um, sort of. Yeah. There's <laughs> distinctions. Yeah, there But the, the reason you got pride is because you're insecure. The reason you're insecure is because you got shame. Like they're linked. So It's like a progress. Right yeah. on. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. a little uh, – all that being different said, podcast. what I want, yeah, <laughs> different thing. What I wanted to say, I do those tangents so much. Um, what I wanted to say that I thought was really good is that like people need encouragement, mm -hmm. especially if you're trying to follow Jesus. 
because dude we we forget so often as people like our natural mm-hmm. default is wanting to fall into shame yeah without christ mm-hmm. and like if you don't have a friend that's willing and if you're not willing to do the internal work of caring for somebody enough to encourage them then like dude that's a hard life if yeah, you don't have people looking at you and reminding you what you're good at mm-hmm. because if you're self-aware actually you realize how much you don't deserve mm-hmm. grace and love yeah, like you realize how mixed your emotions are and the reasons you do things and that's why encouragement is so vital. And I think you're mm-hmm. saying that. And I really appreciate you encouraging me because, like, I've got bad days so many days. And, yeah. like, I think everybody does, right? Like, you forget what you're good at if people don't affirm that in you. Come on. And you give somebody the gift. First, psychologically, like, in your brain chemistry, you're giving them dopamine when you affirm them, mm-hmm. which is a gift of hope, like, mm-hmm. biologically. You are also at a spiritual level calling out the image of God in them mm. so that they're, they actually can live into what God might be offering them as a yeah. friend because you're willing to say that. Like, mm. So don't leave those words unsaid. Like, I encourage you guys. Like, mm. just like the people you love, the people you don't love, like fight to encourage those individuals, Come on. especially the ones you don't love. Mm. Uh, be willing to look at the people who hurt you like I have in my life and be like, you know what? This individual is really good at that. That's the image of God on them. Yeah. And that's a gift to encourage people. And that you'll find so much more joy getting to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's real. Well, brother, it's been great having you on this podcast. Thanks for letting me be there. Come on, man. Uh, yeah, guys. Uh, having good spiritual friendship is so important. Um, we're not saying you can't have friends that aren't Christians and all that. You honestly, I would encourage you to do that. But for those who you really in your inner circle, the ones that you express these things to, there's something different when they're so because Christ really reflects to us what true friendship is. And if we're not befriending someone or being a friend to somebody like Jesus would, we're not being a good friend. Um, and none of us are perfect to that. Me and Grant still aren't perfect friends to each other. Um, But like I said, the reason that we've become closer and closer together is because we have sought the heart of Jesus in our friendship constantly. And he has showed us the ways that we can be better for one another and the ways that we can help each other. And his wisdom will trump all of it. Um, So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, We love you all so much. Peace.